Good evening. It's very good to see you. I have been on vacation. I hope you have been enjoying our new associate pastors. They are wonderful, godly men. I'm so excited to be working with them. Got back this past Tuesday, actually. I went to Maine with my college roommate and his wife, some of my favorite people and longtime friends. When I go on vacation, I try to find good souvenirs. I don't buy the customary t-shirt. They never fit me. I'm too tall. The last thing you need to see me is in a midriff t-shirt. That kind of makes me a little sick to think about, actually. I generally like two kinds of souvenirs, either one that tastes good or one that makes me laugh. For example, I bought some maple syrup from Maine. It's delicious. All I need to know now is to figure out how to make pancakes, and I'll be all set. I also found some hilarious breath mints, of all things, in a little tin container. On the outside, it reads, middle child mints. Put them in your pocket and forget about them. (laughs) Only persecuted middle children like myself will appreciate the painful truth of that statement. I showed them to my oldest child mother, and she said, well, you're not a middle child. Oh, I guess you are a middle child. I said, exactly. That is my point, I said in disgust. I also brought a little lobster home for the sisters and some lobster mac and cheese for Father Dan. Sorry, Father, it was first come, first serve. Lobster is interesting to me. First of all, it's not my favorite. Most times when people talk about lobster, they immediately talk about the butter they dip it into. I'm convinced that lobster is just the conduit for butter, like chips for salsa. But we stayed in a beautiful cottage between two Fisherman, lobster fisherman peers with a lobster co-op just down the street. Those of you who love lobster, you'd have loved it. It was so interesting, though, watching them quietly do their work all at all hours of the day and night. We met one 30-year-old fisherman as he worked that began working his own business at 14 years of age. Lobster fishing is a way of life, and the sea is a fisherman's home. They are acutely attuned to Mother Nature and her temperamental moods. They read the sky and the tide. They know the water's depth and the temperature. They know the ocean and the location of every boulder, ledge, and crag where lobsters like to tuck themselves into. They set their traps as near these underwater landmarks as possible to entice those lobsters into their traps with the allure of fresh herring. These men and women of the sea are weather-worn for sure, crusty faces and all that. But inside, they have big hearts. They would help a fellow fisherman in trouble, whether friend or foe or competition, anytime and without question. They are a proud lot to make their living with their hands and their backs and what can be some of the harshest conditions of work, and they never would want it no other way. Before I reported on my summer vacation, we heard the parable about the workers in a vineyard. Our sympathies instantly go to the worker who labored all day and yet received the same salary as the one who labored for an hour. That's not fair. We call foul. But we miss the parable's point as it is about the generosity and love of God that is lavished upon us rather than anything about fairness. Vineyard work 
is much like lobster fishing work. It can be backbreaking, time-consuming, and there is most definitely a science to it, when to prune, how to prune, and so on, which draws our attention to the seeming injustice that is described in the parable today. If lived correctly, though, Christianity is also a time-consuming and all-encompassing affair. Each of us is called to serve in the Lord's vineyard, which is the world around us, and we carry on Jesus' ministry. Like the fishermen or the vineyard worker with their lists of long tasks, we do what Christ did, preach the good news, heal the sick, forgive the sinner, instruct the innocent, serve the poor, heal the brokenhearted, and spend time in prayer as a community. And we are Jesus' hands and feet, and everything we should do should be done in his name. God's vineyard is about people. Metaphorically, we prune and protect them from frost and predation. Some have a special role as priests like myself or Father DeOrio. Others are catechists or teachers. But as initiated members of the Catholic Church, all of us are workers in the Lord's vineyard. Christianity, then, is not relegated to Sunday Mass or morning and night prayers. Our every thought, word, and deed should be an expression of our commitment to Christ that must be carried out in our homes, but also in our workplaces and our leisure activities. Our vineyard, so to speak, is the world around us. It's proposed that those who have labored since childhood in the vineyard might become a little envious of those who hear the Lord's call late in life. Like the man in the parable, we might harbor feelings that we have been treated unfairly when we hear such a story. But those kind of feelings are entirely unworthy of the true Christian life. In fact, it's odd to ruminate over the alternative that is a life outside the vineyard, a life of sin and destruction of our hearts. Apart from God until the 11th hour, how would that be better? We are truly blessed as parishioners of Our Lady of Mount Carmel to have been chosen by God, and we are simply amply rewarded in this life. And we will also, by God's mercy, be rewarded with the joys of eternal life. So the true Christian rejoices that so many are saved for the Lord. And with this understanding, every additional laborer in the Lord's vineyard is another soul, one for Christ. Every additional laborer is the result of the cumulative effects of the entire church working together and a new outpouring of the grace and mercy of God. What greater cause for rejoicing could there be that no matter how late the hour, more and more people are recruited into the vineyard of the Lord to work and save souls for eternal life? Part of our Christian call is to work together. It's not an isolated work. We work as a parish and also a diocese and then also as the universal church. As I said earlier, there are countless roles that must be filled to make the work of the Lord's vineyard fruitful. This weekend we are highlighting the bigger picture 
at the diocesan Catholic ministry's appeal this past week, you should have received a brochure that details the many ways that we are supported in our work in the vineyard by our diocese. Formerly, it was called our Fruitful Harvest Campaign. Now it's the Catholic Ministries Appeal. And I think it's a worthy attempt to give more information and transparency about what we support by donating to the diocese and the Catholic Ministry Appeal. For example, the new priests that have begun serving here at Our Lady of Mount Carmel are part of that bigger diocesan picture. They were educated and continue to be educated and continuing education by the diocese to be your priests. My ability to to still serve as pastor is part of that big picture as well. Recruiting more priests and supporting our diocesan seminarians is part of that picture. Ministering to our Catholic college students that begin that life of faith is a part of that picture in Newman Centers. Those who know the pain of divorce and are seeking annulments benefit from that campaign. Diocesan-wide catechetical efforts are also an added blessing. Assistance in managing our parish plants across the diocese. Supporting our diocesan retreat center in nearby Tipton, Indiana, that our hardworking parish staff, for example, will be using for a two-day retreat on Monday and Tuesday. Assistance in managing the poor, assistance in managing our Catholic schools and our personnel in our parishes, liturgical advice, most especially during this frustrating time of COVID-19. So I'm asking for your support during this 16-month campaign to meet our goal, which is $895,000, less than Fruitful Harvest, incidentally. I made my pledge last week myself, and I appreciate the work of the diocese. If you've misplaced your pledge card, there is an additional copy in the bulletin and a a link on our parish website that will take you to a pledge or a donation card. Your pledge cards can be returned in the mail. It can be done online or by putting them in the, uh, the baskets in the back of church, since we don't pass the baskets around during COVID-19. I call those the COVID-19 baskets. 2020 has been the strangest, often uncertain time in our lives. But God instructs us over and over in sacred scripture to not be afraid and to put our trust in him in the ordinary way in which God calls us to be his people in the Holy Catholic Church. As your pastor, I hope I can depend on your support, as you've always done in our parish family. It's an honor to be your pastor. So may God continue to bless our parish.